the standards and the expectations of Lebanese have dropped so low over the years that very little is expected of any government. And this is not an exaggeration. And it's not only this government. This is an accumulation of bad governance, of a dysfunctional system that one can trace back perhaps to the birth of Lebanon. But even if we don't go back that far, since the end of the civil war and the Syrian administration of Lebanon for 15 years, and then the last seven years of utmost dysfunctionality that is made worse by external factors, but one cannot ignore the fact that the system itself, as it is built, is so flawed. So what's the answer? Well, my answer is, going back to your answer, you know, against this backdrop, what we said a long time ago, certainly not this year, the year before, uh, seeing that this government came to power in a forceful way, the prime minister of this government accepted to preside over this government after the previous one was toppled under the threat of the use of force. He accepted to become prime minister, lest there be sectarian war. And, okay, this is a commendable... Uh, uh, thing to do, but it shouldn't happen in a democracy where you step in and put together a government and it took him six months to put together just to prevent civil war. This points to a problem. And what we said many, many months ago, listen, we're lucky that Lebanon is not at war. Syria is a terrible situation. It's almost like a perfect storm for Lebanon. The Shia, the Sunni, Iran, Syria, the West and the East and all of that, we're safe so far, but let's get together and find real solutions to the system because we can't continue like this. State authority is declining, the faith of the people in the state is gone, and we want a government that we can both trust, not a partisan government, that we can then use to administer everyday life for the Lebanese, and let's sit together as leaders and find the flaws and solve them. We can't live off this luck of being uh, able to withstand uh, uh, one strike after the other. What happened was, however, is that exactly the opposite. We've seen a number of things that pointed to our adversaries insisting on using this seemingly okay situation to protect assassins of our leaders. And I'm refer referring here specifically to four indicted gentlemen who are now being protected by the main party in this government, which is Hezbollah. And this was so difficult to accept, yet we dealt with it, this government as a normal opposition. What we saw is more of the same. There was a, two assassination attempts on political leaders of March 14. In one case, there was also a suspect with a name and an address. The party of God said, no, you cannot question this gentleman. Now, the straw that broke the camel's back was the assassination of the person who was directly involved in the indictment I mentioned before, who was directly involved in uncovering an attempt by the Syrian intelligence and a Syrian ally in Lebanon to blow up uh, dozens of leaders. This is documented. It's not, a, uh, it's not an allegation. The point is, we said, okay, 
We cannot continue like this. We need a government that we can both trust, and then we can sit together and solve this problem and not let impunity continue like this. So, Mohammed, just to follow up, as you know, um, President Suleiman is trying to relaunch the national dialogue sessions, and yet they keep being postponed or cancelled, the last one being, I think, January the 7th. Why isn't it that we have this dialogue sessions? Well, the time? answer is very simple, to tell you the truth. The dialogue started six years ago. Yes. And the dialogue was about uh, Hezbollah's weapons, I mean, Hezbollah's militia. Uh, people don't like the, to use the term militia, but it's a, it's a, uh, a non-state army. And over the past six years, we've had, I don't know how many rounds of dialogue, really they go in circles because Hezbollah says, we're not going to tackle this baby. These arms are staying as long as the Quran and the Bible and, and, and all of that are there. I mean, these are the words used. What we said was, well, we'll go to dialogue tomorrow if we can define the objective as simply putting all arms under state authority as an objective. And we can sit together to program that transition. We have a 60 or 70,000 man army. It's very expensive and very professional. We have also tens of thousands of, of policemen. We can work out a plan to have a normal state with normal authority, a normal army that is under the political authority of the, of the, of the government. I mean, nothing abnormal just to be a normal state. Let's see how we can transit from the very abnormal situation we're in to that. And let's work it out together. But that's not the objective of the dialogue as far as Hezbollah is concerned. Unfortunately, their objective is to maintain the status quo using any means possible, both political and otherwise. It is better to keep in talking in a positive way to find a solution how to uh, defend Lebanon and the Lebanese interest, no matter the time will take, is better. What's the other option? The other option is to have civil war? Is this an option? Obviously, the alternative to this kind of dialogue is good dialogue. The problem is the dialogue has become like the peace process between the Palestinians and the Israelis. This year, I think, is the 20th anniversary. And the Israelis use it as a way of keeping the status quo and worse, sending more settlers to the West Bank. I'm not drawing parallels, but the objective is not simply dialogue. The, the, the objective is to reach solutions.